Hey, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sorry, there's been another lull in new episodes. Caught a nice little East Coast road trip that I went on and uh, trip back home to Buffalo for a couple of weeks. So that was pretty nice. But I'm happy to be back and ready to drop some fun and engaging episodes with y'all. And what a way to return with Grady Allen, a true pioneer of the Connecticut hardcore scene and absolute beast of a musician. This guy sings in a band called Anxious, who you've probably heard about at some point this year as, you know, they've been making their rounds around the punk and hardcore scenes and making their presence known. Anxious is a spectacular project that balances the hardcore tone with a more melodic approach that keeps the song singable while still pummeling the listener with that powerful energy that a great hardcore sound embodies. Their newest release and full-length record, Little Green House, came out in January, and it surely catapulted the band into the scene's conscious. The progression of this band has been nothing short of amazing, and their artistic vision behind the artwork, filming of the music videos, and their merchandise gives their music a whole life of its own. I was stoked to finally get to talk to Grady and discuss the band's success and humble beginnings. We've been talking about doing this episode for a while now, and it was, it was awesome to finally get to do it. You also might know Grady as the vocalist of Last Straw, another incredible straight-up hardcore band from Connecticut, and he was also playing guitar in One Step Closer for a Mad Minute, too. If you're curious about the future of Anxious and what's to come this year, be sure to stick it out until the end of the episode. Lots of great stuff coming up. If you're going to Sound and Fury and are planning on seeing them at the fest itself or at the pre-show on Friday with Super Heaven, be sure to say hi and pick up some merch. I sure hope Grady uses Velcro on the mic that night, because I will definitely be trying to steal it. Without further ado, let's get anxious, baby. Not sure if you were aware, the other podcasts don't compare. Tell your mom if she's too busy to literally stop what she's doing. I need all layers on me as I interview legends for thee. So grab your friends, your dog, and your fish. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. What's up, everybody? We're here with the CT crew in the flesh, Grady Allen. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Stoked. I'm stoked to have you. Dude, I'm stoked to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So Anxious is on an absolute roll this year. You guys just came off a tour with Bayside and Thrice. How'd you manage to snag that run? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a crazy year, and that tour was absolutely crazy. I mean, um, you know, I wish stories about, like, tours and stuff like that, and as far as, like, getting them and landing them uh, tended to be more exciting, but they, they tend not to be. Um, it was yeah. just a uh, – we got a phone call one day that, um, for some reason, Thrice and Bayside asked if we wanted to go out with them for, like, two and a half weeks, and we were like – Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we would love to. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, that's the story of it. It was a great tour. It was a ton of fun. That's dope. Was it like, were the, the fans receptive to you guys? Like the people that didn't know your music? Yeah. So, um, you know, there definitely was a certain amount of anxiety going into the tour just with, you yeah. know, um, Thrice and Bayside are like definitely like sort of legacy bands at this point and like have 
uh, a very devout um, fan base and at times like a fan base that skews a little bit older, which can be um, a little bit hard as a younger band to like break in with those sort of people. We just weren't sure if it was going to be people excited and receptive or if it was going to be you're not thrice or Bayside. Why are, why are you here right now? What are you doing? Who um, are but, these kids? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was awesome. Um, like the shows were great. People were so stoked, um, on us, which was awesome. Um, it was cool. Also like, you know, most nights having like real, I mean, all the rooms were massive, but relative to yeah. the size of the rooms, like always having uh, a sizable little chunk of people who definitely knew who we were and knew the songs. And that, that was, that was really cool to, to, to be rooms of that size and to see that there was definitely like people who knew what we were. So that was really cool. That's great. And I'm sure you guys got to make a whole lot of new fans just by going out with bands like that. So that's really dope. Dude, it was awesome. I mean, so much. I mean, we've gotten a lot of messages and stuff of, hey, I just saw you for the first time with Bayside. Now I'm going to come see you this fall uh, with Oso Oso. And that's like, that's super cool to be like, whoa, like, yeah. I don't know when people, uh, when people say they want to come back, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah, dude, that's sick. And I always, I'm a big fan of like shows that have a mix of different genres. Like I love the pop sure. punk mixing with the hardcore and, you know, you guys just went out with Boston Manor, which I went to that tour. That was awesome. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, what's that like when you get to just play with other genres? Like do you, do you overall see that as a good opportunity to make new fans or 100%. I, it, dude, it's, it's, it's always so fun. I mean, yeah. Anxious is, um, you know, we're very lucky that I think we fit in, um, in a bunch of different pockets and places. I mean, um, you know, I think as pe people, what, what we, what we like, and, and I think what we music scene, we would associate ourselves most with is hardcore, but I think, you know, the record, uh, the record that we just put out is like overwhelmingly, I think has like way more, you know, in common with pop punk and, and sort of yeah. more indie -ish circles. So it's been an absolute blast to like get to go, go tour with those bands. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome. And I, I, I love, I love a tour where there's um, a bunch of diverse sort of sounds being represented. I mean, it was a blast getting to go out with Knuckle Puck and that was great. And all those fans were so, so receptive and awesome. And um, I mean, the Boston Manor tour was super fun. Cause I mean, we had higher power uh, yeah. rolling with us, which was awesome. Um, and it was just great getting to hang out with those dudes and, and just also have like, um, you know, just across that whole tour, there was a very varied, you know, plethora of sound so that that was really awesome i i love uh, a mixed bill tour or even just like yeah a tour where there are like slightly different sounds like just a whole melting pot yeah. yeah it makes the tour infinitely more interesting no i agree with you completely so i'm gonna be a basic betty right now and i'm gonna ask where did anxious get their name um okay um <laughs> uh so I started anxious in high school with two other kids who are no longer in the band. Okay. Um, and just one day we were, we were just, we had a group chat. Um, 
and we were passing around names. I literally can't remember any other name that we were thinking about, but someone was like, what if it was like anxious youth or okay. something? And I was like, mm, let's just, <laughs> let's just call it anxious. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I was 15 when we named it that. And frankly, like if I could go back, I probably would change the name of the band. I, I, I frankly don't love the name That's of great. the band. Um, but I know plenty of people who, who, who share that same experience of like, yeah, we just named the band this yeah. and never thought that like X amount of years later or that it, we would still be doing it or that it would be on the scale that it is. And then we would have to have that name. Yeah. And it's the sort of thing with us where it's like, Looking back on it now, like if I had to name the band now, I don't think I would name it that, but totally. You Dude, know, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of bands that feel that way. I'm I'm locally from Buffalo, New York. And mm-hmm. every time I die, I know they feel that way about their band name. Oh, do they? And uh Devil Wears Prada for sure hates their band name. Uh that's but it is what it is. Not, that's that's not uh if my band was called Devil Wears Prada, I'd probably go, yeah, this isn't a great great yeah. band name either. <laughs> but here I am in a band called Anxious, so I can't I can't really talk. It is what it is, dude. One one word yeah. band names work though. You know, it doesn't even matter what you're called. I, I think that is true. I, I'm glad that like our name is one name mm-hmm. rather uh or one word rather than like a phrase or even a couple words. Yeah. Um I I guess the ultimate nail of the coffin in the band name is is merch for the yeah. band that it's just i don't know like at times we've been like oh we should like we should really do hats but we always have so many reservations around doing hats because we're like who wants to wear a hat that just says anxious <laughs> anxious on it yeah so it's it's a it's a bit of a uh unfortunate name in that regard but yeah, yeah. i i would agree i think one one word band names um are better than a phrase most no, of the time. It's a safer pick for sure. Absolutely. And you know, the merchandise has been consistently awesome on the last handful of tours. Um, do you guys have like a specific person that does these designs or do you guys bounce back and forth between a couple of different artists? Yeah. Um, so thank you. That's a huge compliment. I love um, it. Yeah. Um, no. So we uh, tend to, for every tour, try to find new artists to do, to, to, to do work and designs for it. Um, but I try to, I, I, I work really, really hard um, to keep it all thematically cohesive. Yeah. That sounds really dorky to say. Um, but no, I really, I really matter. It really matters to me that all the merch um, all connects with one another and yeah. looks similar. And like when you see all the pieces laid out, you can understand why they go together. But like having, trying to have different artists interpret that sort of stuff so it all is different mm-hmm. i don't know i um yeah i i i like uh when bands you know have merch and stuff that looks so distinctly different and like maybe like for that reason you're casting a wider net but i also like uh i think it's really cool when bands have like a distinct vision and idea of what they want everything to look like and i just think it like i don't know I think cohesion is super important and I think it's cool totally like when from the songs to the artwork, to the, to the merch, like if the band has one vision, I think that's just super cool. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like it gets, it gets kids excited to buy more of your merch because they feel like, you know, you're tackling a certain theme, you know, especially, yeah. especially with a lot of the, the nature theming going on, not only on like the record, but in the merch itself. I feel, I feel yeah. like people connect to that. Yeah, no, I think it's, I, I think it's cool. I hope we're not painting ourselves into a surf, uh, into a corner a little bit, which I've been worried. No. I remember, I can't remember when, but at some, some point in the past year or so, somebody like held up an acorn and a flower and was like, <laughs> check it out guys. It's the new anxious t-shirt. And I was <laughs> like, oh, all right. All oh right. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's brutal, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in less than two weeks, you guys, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. No. yeah uh what were you saying (laughs) i was just saying in less than two weeks you guys will be back in la for sound and fury which you know is likely to be one of the best and biggest hardcore shows ever in my opinion um you looking forward to that dude i yes it's it definitely snuck up on me you know um for sure you know we've uh obviously been like super swamped uh with stuff um for the past you know, six months, but, um, it feels crazy that it's like literally like a week and a half away. I think it's going to be crazy. Um, I mean, it's happening at exposition park, which is like huge. Um, and I mean, it's also, it's weird. Uh, I guess I hadn't really thought about it until the other day, but it's also anxious first time playing sound and fury because we, we came out in 2019 and anxious played the pre-show with have heart. Um, and then one step closer played the next day on the small stage mm-hmm. or the, the upstairs stage. So, you know, in my mind, it was like, oh, like, you know, it's our second time at Sound of Fury, but it, it really is our first time, like actually doing it. So yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Um, I love playing LA and I love playing the West Coast. Hell so yeah. I like, I, I, I hope, I hope it's awesome. And I have, I have really high hopes. Dude, so I think those shows are gonna be great. It's it's gonna be bonkers, and you guys are doing that show. I think this is a pre-show, right? The uh, Super Heaven show. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's there's two pre-shows on the same day. There's um so sick. Yeah, yeah. No, there's the Candy record release show, which is like yeah. I don't know where that is, but there's also there's the um there's the Super Heaven, it's Super Heaven, Anxious, Soul Blind, and the Berry. So yeah. the more melodically melodic skewed people there's there's that show and that that show will be awesome it's sold out i think it's gonna be great i have a ticket i'm going (laughs) i was like right on that dude Dude, i I, immediately because i'm a huge super heaven fan i never got to see them so this is this is gonna be pretty sick and they they were supposed to play the last sound and fury but that got canceled because of covid yeah no it's i so i've i've never had got a chance to see that band and then we were over at outbreak yeah and they they played the same day that we did at outbreak and i was like okay like i'll see I'll see super heaven then. Yeah. And then somehow I like totally missed that they were playing. And I was like outside, like eating a hot dog or something. <laughs> and was like, I just, I just missed, uh, I just missed super heaven. So, so you just totally that show will be my first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, no. And it's, it's sweet. I just heard the other day, it looks like they're going to have re-entry till 5 PM. You're, you're able to get lockers, mm-hmm. you can bring backpacks and they also are allowing stage diving outside, which is pretty sick. Dude. No, it's, I mean, it's awesome. Um, I mean, when, when I heard it was outside, which is before it got announced, you know, I was hearing just through the, you know, through people that they were really stressed about, 
mm-hmm. whether or not they were going to be able to pull off, um, you know, a no barrier outdoor show on that level. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's like, I think a lot of stuff apparently has gotten a lot tighter after um, all the Astro World, like Travis Scott stuff happened. So, so crazy. It's, yeah. It's just to have like that sort of like outdoor show at that scale. I like, I already imagine is like so insanely hard. And like the fact that they're pulling it off and doing it to the level that they're doing it. And like, we're able to like skirt over all those like setbacks. Like I, I think it's awesome. And like yeah. super props to them. I think it's going to be, it's going to be, I think like it has no, like it has every reason to be like one of the best sound of fury furies ever. Yeah, no, totally. I just hope people hydrate. Mm-hmm. Cause that's going to be a hot one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely will. I, I mean, I, I think, I think they'll probably do a great job. I'm sure there'll be water everywhere. And yeah, they have like water sure stations set up or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's sick. Cause it's like 15 minutes for me. So it's not going to be a hard commute to get there. Oh, that's know. sick. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I have like a bunch of friends going. Um, nice. so starting from the beginning, where'd your whole like musical influence come from? Do you have like a, like musical family members that sparked your interest in music? Sure. Uh, music, musical influences. Um, so no, nobody, uh, or musical, uh, yeah. Um, so nobody in my family played an instrument growing up or anything, but, um, my dad, uh, you know, is a super, super deep appreciation and love for music, um, and thinks about music in, a in a really deep, interesting way. And so that was, um, he was always introducing me to music and, and music was always being played in the house. So I always felt like we were a very musical family, even if, despite the fact that nobody actually played music. Um, but um, yeah, when I was seven, I started playing guitar um, and, you know, in elementary school, I was, you know, uh, obsessed with the term, rock in general like acdc was my favorite band i love van halen you know i felt when i was in middle school um i fell uh in love with blink 182 and forever they were like the only band that mattered to me and then um yeah and then the tail end of high school i started like discovering punk and hardcore and stuff and 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 obviously that became my life no, for sure. Dude, my whole neighborhood was obsessed with Blink. That's all our favorite bands. <laughs> oh, dude, they're they're the greatest band in the world. Totally. They're, no, I, I love them. And word on the street is Skiba's out of the band and Tommy's coming back. So hopefully. Oh. That's that's what yeah, I heard. That, I heard that last October. So hopefully. Dude, I mean, those dudes love teasing it on their Instagram. Like they Tom <laughs> loves nothing more than like posting some photo of them in like 97. Yeah. And everyone's like, Oh my God, like that's so crazy. And then like, dude, he drives me but nuts. Nothing, nothing ever. <laughs> no, nothing ever gets announced. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's the end of like, you know, that's a great gig for Skiba. So for um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, he should stay in Alpine no, Trio, though. He's so much yeah, better there. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love no, that band. Um, yeah, no, they're they're fantastic. I love mm-hmm. Alpine Trio. Um, you know, frankly, I just I don't really know a lot of the material that he did with Blink, like those two records. I, they're uh, 
not in heavy rotation for me, but, um, not but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I am. Um, that would be crazy. I would love, I would love to see that band. Yeah, one more totally. time. I saw them once. I saw, I saw them once when I was in middle school with, with Tom and the band. And yeah. I would, I would love for that to not be the only time I get to see them. I feel like, yeah, you know, I think I only saw them once too. I saw them on that blink my chemical romance tour. Wow. That's a cool tour. But that was I was a really cool tour. I was supposed to see the reunion tour in 2009. And my dad and I, we drove all the way from Buffalo to like Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. And it's like a four hour yeah. drive. Dude, we got all the way to the gate and then we found out it was canceled. <laughs> we drove Dude. the whole day. It was so bad. Dude, that sucks. That, yeah. that actually, like, that's heartbreaking. It was trash. But I think it was because um, Travis Barker had to go to like a funeral or something. So, okay, that's well, at least that's, it's for a good reason, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's good reason, isn't any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so you moved around a bit as a kid until middle school where you know you finally were able to call Connecticut your home base. But was it mm-hmm. hard to make lasting friendships in the years prior? Yeah, I mean, I moved to Connecticut right around when I was like 11 or something. So I didn't have too many friends that existed like prior to like sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. Um, but also I don't think I was thinking about it like in that deep of a way, certainly not at that point. Um, you know, my, my oldest. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a, a very, very small percentage of friends from like my middle school years. Um, or like that I've just known that long. Uh, but no, literally none that predate that. So yeah, it was hard, but, um, because I don't have those friendships and, you know, I, I I didn't have them, you know, to lose them. So I don't feel like any sort of like sadness or grief about it. Yeah. And everything, you know, life finds like a way to bring you to where you're at right now. And if you know, you went on any other path and, you know, anxious never would have happened. So it's pretty dope. No, that's true. That's true. Can't complain here. What could, what could, what could have been? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So who is, who was your first concert experience? Blink-182 and Taking Back Sunday in 2011, Dude. probably. Hell yeah. At Mohegan, at Mohegan Sun. Um, yeah. And it was, it was, it was incredible. I loved it. My dad took me. um it was like the first couple weeks of seventh grade um uh and it was great it was great I didn't I don't think I would have gone to any of concerts after that and then no um until yeah no later later that year I want to say I then went to like what I would say like was my first like true punk show or whatever I saw I saw the misfits with um and Jamie Josta opened the show with like a project he was working on, yeah, which is, sure. yeah. So that, uh, a little Connecticut connection there, but it was, uh, that show, that show was really cool. I saw it in Irving Plaza in New York city and that That's like, dope. yeah, yeah. I got to see Those taking back my... Sunday the first time in 2007, actually with, uh, Lincoln park, my chemical romance, him, mindless self-indulgence like it was like a huge festival they played it was so sick dude that's awesome that's 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 awesome to get to see uh that with that lineup that's that's awesome nah dude they're badass 
they still yeah, they still no, hold they, up too. like all these years later you know their albums are still so great no i mean i remember when i saw them you know so i saw them at that show and i thought they were fantastic i hadn't um i wasn't familiar with them at all like i didn't i didn't know taking back sunday yeah. uh, but i thought they were great i would really love i haven't seen them at all since yeah. then somehow but i would really love to see them mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so finding hardcore is typically the natural progression for any kid that dives deep, you know, in the local punk scene. So were there any mm-hmm. certain bands that were the gatekeeper to your newfound love for hardcore? Yeah, I mean, I would say that I kind of fell back backwards through. Uh, no, like, I don't. So my introduction to punk and hardcore was there was a I mean, so there were some, you know, some connections like someone in a much bigger band like blank or whatever is wearing x y or z band shirt and you say wow that's really cool i want to see what that is but um i would say the big genesis point for me for discovering a lot of that stuff um was uh there's so there's a record store in my town called johnny's records um and um it in it uh, it's a really small record store but they they had a they had a punk and hardcore section and i remember um, I got, I got my first turntable in, in seventh grade. Um, and ever since then, like I would just religiously go there and buy records. Um, and at that time, like I was buying, you know, any, anything that, you know, vaguely looked like stuff that I was into, I would, I would grab. Um, and so, you know, three pivotal purchases that I made that year were, um, Start Today by Gorilla Biscuits, Minor Threat Discography. And um, I think the most important was The Crew by Seven Seconds. Um, And those, yeah, those records were super important to me. The Seven Seconds record was really important to me, especially just because it's so melodic. Like if if someone coming from loving stuff like Blink-182 into like stuff like Screeching Weasel and stuff like that, um, like Seven Seconds like isn't that far of a step you know he sings like on all those songs so he's not even you know so so yeah so from there you know it was then a process of you know acquainting myself with stuff uh that was more uh current slash relevant and being like oh this thing that i enjoy isn't is this is awesome it didn't like it's not something that exists existed purely in like 1983 to 1989 like it it was so through the end of middle school and um beginning of high school I started discovering a lot of current stuff um as far as bands that got me into it on a on a more what was current it it wasn't anything I would say hyper specifically Connecticut Connecticut did have a, a obviously had a scene at that time. Um, but you know, it was so concentrated, uh, in, in a more Northern Connecticut, you know, New Haven, Wallingford and places around there, which, you know, when you're 13, 14, an hour slash two hour drive, it might as well be oceans away. Um, uh, but bands that I did love that, you know, got me into hardcore. I loved Bane. Bane, Bane and Backtrack were my first, uh, first hardcore show I ever went to. 
You know, that, uh, that Bane documentary is so good. Dude, I haven't seen it, which is oh. crazy. Dude, I, I need, I would love to watch it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my first couple shows where I would take the, I would take the, the train into New York City um, because even that was like less time for me than to like find a ride in New Haven or something. Um, and I'd take a train into the city and I would go see like bigger hardcore shows at, um, at like Webster Underground and stuff. So I saw Bane, I saw Bane and Backtrack. And then I went to Black and Blue Bowl one year. This is like 2015, 2016. Um, and then just started falling in love with stuff there. And then like when I was 16, started to drive, you know, became more cognizant of stuff in Connecticut. Hell yeah. What do you think you find so, you know, so compelling about this type of music and your connection to it? I don't know. I think um, when I was younger, it was the fact that it felt so accessible and the level to entry felt so accessible. You know, there's, if your favorite band is, dude, I don't even know. For, uh, if your favorite band is Van Halen or something, you know, it's, yeah. you would never, you'd never like imagine like, you know, it takes, it would be light. Like, how could you ever be that? How could you, how yeah. could you ever play with that? How, you know, there's no, there's no way you could possibly enter the sphere to which that band's playing at. But if your favorite band is, uh, Newfound Glory, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or anything, yeah. you know, whether it's a hardcore band or pop punk or something, it felt more feasible and accessible. And so it, when I was listening, you know, when I was discovering hardcore and punk music, it was, this is something you, um, that you can go do as well. You know, it's, uh, it's something that you, like, you can, you can start a band and you can go on tour and you can do all these things. Um, and so that, that as a, as a young, uh, younger person meant a lot. Um, I mean, um, I was, I was slash am even more now like in love with, you know, straight edge, both as an idea and like both bands that, that, uh, subscribe to that. So when I, when I was younger, like I really, that meant a lot and I really appreciated it, especially at, you know, the leaving middle school and entering high school, you know, so much of a certain piece of that is so many kids like start having access to, to drugs and alcohol. And, and that becomes a more ready and willing part of like just culture as, as young people. And that was always really alienating to me. So I, um, as a, as a young person, like I really like that. Wow. There's like a whole world where that's just not a piece of it. That just doesn't matter. Yeah. So that, that was also super intriguing. And I know a lot of people gave you shit in high school for being straight edge. So like, what was that all like? Did you even care? Or, you know, yeah. like... uh, you're doing your research. Of course. Uh, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. Cause I just thought, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and which I stand by. It, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I, I just, it was lame and like, I definitely 
lost friends slash distanced myself from friends that I had made in school just because they, they didn't understand it and stuff. But the, the criticisms of it was never something I was like ever thinking twice about. Like I never like went home and it was like, well, straight up's like actually not cool. Gosh. Like I was like, I was just like, no, you just, you just don't, you don't under understand yeah, this totally. in, in this world. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I, it, it was annoying and it was hard and like stupid at times, but it was never, ever something that was, I was ever like equated to like self-doubt or something. No, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, people gave me shit too. I'm straight edge. Uh, you know, do you, do you drink soda or pop? What do you, what do you say? I, I, I say soda. I know uh, one uh, person that calls it pop and I'm like, why would yeah. you call it? Yeah. My bad. Yeah. I, I'm, I say pop too. <laughs> oh, you're a pop. Okay. You're a pop guy. Okay. It's, it's a Buffalo. No, no thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone from uh, my friend from Minneapolis calls it pop. That's too. funny. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I thought yeah. they said yeah. soda pop. I thought they put the two together. Maybe they do. I feel like I've definitely heard pop. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. I drink soda though. Why, why do you ask? I'm just curious, uh, like just growing oh, yeah. up, you know, it was always like awkward, like having to say like, oh, I'd rather have a juice than like an, you know, alcohol or like a pop or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that's I mean, the, it's, it's, yeah. it's really funny now, like going on tour and <laughs> I just, I think I just stained my mom's counter a little bit with a post-it note. That's, um, no, it's really funny going on tour now. Um, um, in playing venues that have like really big, nice bars or something and going up and like <laughs> as a kid that's almost 22 and being like a Shirley temple, please. And they <laughs> always look at you and they're like, like yeah, but the, 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 perk of it is, I mean, most venues like give you like drink tickets and stuff, but yeah. if they don't, most venues will still like normally give you a Shirley temple for free. Cause they're like, that's a children's drink. So <laughs> yeah going up and get like cranberry juice i do that all the time yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly i just love the venues like lodge room for example that have the water on the side of the bar like that's sick yeah no uh, having something like that is always nice lodge room's great lodge room's super sick it's a solid venue for sure yeah uh, so what did your parents think of hardcore when they first heard you listening to it um my dad my uh my dad uh didn't care for it like stylistically but he was like obviously like super down with me discovering uh uh my my own music and was like super supportive of it my mom was like absolutely horrified and <laughs> which rightfully so like i think mean, it's like yeah that's it's a out. pretty it it's pretty alienating as a thing um if you're not into that style of music and i think if you're an older person who doesn't like that style of music i think every piece of it's really alienating so there is the it sounds so angry and aggressive why why does that resonate with you the the live shows are 100 percent aggressive what resonates yeah with you about that and then you know there's the you know, to, to my mom and probably plenty of people's parents, like the people in these bands singing and all this, they look like terrifying, scary people. Why do you, (laughs) why, you know, what, what about this is like doing anything for you? And it's like, I, you know, so yeah, my, my mom, 
is now very supportive. And I think as anxious has become like a pretty like melodic thing, she like can like put her arms around it a lot more. But totally. when I first started, you know, diving into that style of music, um, it was, uh, she was horrified for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, mom, yeah. mom's got to be mom's, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's good. At what point did you decide that, you know, like, man, I could do this. I could be in a band. And what led you to actually bringing this idea to fruition? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, in some ways it feels like that's a very recent mm -hmm. discovery. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I started the band in high school and I really liked the idea. I, I really like doing the band. Um, and, you know, the idea of like one day, like we could go on tour and like play shows out of state all the time. And like, maybe like get to like go overseas or something like that was always really, really cool. Um, and it was always the goal, but it never, it always felt like a little bit separated from reality. Um, but, um, you know, I think probably by the tail end of high school, like right when we had recorded our first seven inch and we're getting ready to go do all the half heart shows and do our first full US with one step closer. Um, that was like, at that point, it was like very clear to me, like, it's just not even clear. It was just like, so assumed with like, this is, this is what I want to go do. This is, I want to, I want to go uh, be in a band and, and, and tour and do all these things. And even though I was like gearing up to like go to college, um, that, that fall, um, and, you know, like had like, uh, like a big, like, um, which is a big deal, obviously for like a, a lot of kids. Um, for me, it was like, yeah, yeah. And like college is whatever, like, I got to start like thinking about like, what we're doing for the fall and like the band and stuff. So I would say by like the tail end of high school was when I was like, Oh, that, yeah, this is like, this feels really serious and I want to do this. And then kind of coming out of the pandemic when it became like kind of clear that if like, if we wanted to tour a bunch and like be gone all the time, we could, that, that was also like, it was a second, like coming of realization moment of like, like we could go do this if we really wanted to. Oh, it's so sick. And aside yeah. from, aside from Dante, who you've, you've known since you were kids, the rest of the band is mm -hmm. built up from other dudes you've met from going to shows. Were, were you already a close unit of friends or did you have to individually go up to them and ask them to join? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, so Dante was my, was one of my closest friends since we were like little, little kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that one was easy. Next was Ryan, who uh, sang in One Step Closer and just went anxious, put our demo out and started like playing shows, you know, consistently a couple of times a month, every weekend, like kind of touring around the Northeast. You know, we played all the time with One Step Closer. And then I ended up joining One Step Closer. I was playing guitar in One Step Closer. And so me and Ryan, you know, were like that. We were just super close friends. And, um, when we started putting, um, our full U S tour together in summer of 2019, um, we were just like, you know, like, um, 
we had already recorded never better but we were like you know there's we have so many leads on the record and we really want to have another good harbor layer do you want to be in it and it was just like yeah duh made sense um johnny uh you know funnily enough like johnny i'm closer with johnny than i am close with almost anybody in my life um like he's one of my absolute closest friends in the whole entire world but when he joined the band i didn't i didn't really know him and no one else in the band really knew him we uh we had gone to tons of shows together and like we had talked at shows but we weren't really close on any sort of personal level and you know i was at that point i was just like you know i don't really want to play guitar anymore and saying i don't really like that dante didn't really want to play drums he wanted to play guitar um and so we we're like well we want someone to play drums i'm sure johnny could do a good job and so we just asked him we we're like hey we're going on tour this winter for two weeks do you just want to do it and we'll see like how it all goes and he was like yeah and it was literally like that like we all connected so quick like just had the best time um and so even though that at the moment was like I don't really know you and this is like you know it just it instantly fell and we we're like within weeks we were all like literally best friends um and then sam who is like the last addition to like the current lineup that it's been for you know two and a half years now um you know right as we were gearing up or like putting the record together the lp um we didn't have a bass player just nobody was playing bass um and we had known sam for forever um just because the first little tour that we had ever done uh was with sam's band full color dream and even though he lived in oklahoma i just was like hey do you want to play bass on the record and join the band and we'll just pull off shows whenever you know because it was it was right when the pandemic had started and there was like no end in sight so we didn't really think about it um but yeah, he was, we had known him for forever. So it wasn't really a like awkward, weird conversation. That's cool. It's cool to hear all the family coming together. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, it took anxious a few years of experimenting with your sound and trying different things out to where you're at currently. Um, mm -hmm. I know you don't look back at your earliest work with the demo recordings too fondly, but you've, no. you've got to be proud of how far you've got, you've come, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you know, for me, it's, it's almost two entirely different bands or even a couple totally different bands. I mean, if looking back on it, I feel like what we should have done is just started over and called the band something entirely different and, you know, presented ourselves as totally different right before we put out our first seven inch. You know, I just think like, it's just, it's so wildly different. Like if you go on Bandcamp and find the anxious demo, like it's just not even, it's just crazy. It's crazy a certain amount because, you know, we were 14, 15 and 16. And it was just like, it's teenagers making not very good music. Um, and then it's, yeah. So yeah, I'm giving you a very long convoluted answer. No, it's um, good. <laughs> do do, uh, do I look back on all of that stuff fondly? Musically, no. Memory wise, yes. Wish we had called ourselves a different band right before we put out the first seven inch. Um, you know, uh, 
my last thought is I think plenty of bands, you know, if you're 24 and you start a band, you probably have a better idea of what you want it to be. And you're probably a more capable musician and person to like deliver like this realized version of the band from the jump versus when you're a, a, a young kid um, who still is discovering a lot of music and has never done a band before and doesn't know how to put all those things together and make it cohesive. I think it's a lot harder. So when people look, look back at this, the earlier anxious recordings and they're like, Oh, or like, this doesn't make any sense or anything like that. I'm like, yeah, but we were also like literally 15. So it's like, yeah. I mean, you know, not every band can come out of the gates with just bangers, you know, but you yeah. guys have such a good like onward progression that I feel like it's kind of cool that the earlier stuff's not that great because you can just see the steady flow of like how things went. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's awesome. Like listening to like the super early title fight demos, like when they're <laughs> yeah. all like 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 and just being like, wow, this is crazy that this became that band. Totally. So s- stories like that have, have kind of made me uh, feel a little lo- less self-conscious about, you know, just where, where the band has come from, where it's ended up. So. No, totally. Even, even the story so far, if you go back to like their EP, they put out in, I think 2007, it's just like mm. su- super cheesy, like childish pop punk almost, but like, yeah. it still has so much promise though. And you like, you, you knew they were going to get to something great, like eventually. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I don't know, like, I love, like, I love, like, when I love a band, and then you go back and, like, can find the demo or something, and it's like, oh, this is, like, <laughs> you know, X, Y, or Z, like, but it's not great. Like, as an as an outsider, I, like, enjoy that experience so much, and I, like, always grant so much, like, leniency to those sort of bands, so I am always, like, kind of curious why I can't, like, also, like, just kind of have that sort of lightheartedness about it with myself. Like totally. why, like why? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Pat Flynn from Fiddlehead heard your band on a whim and instantly became super okay. connected to what you guys were doing and even pushed for other sure. eyes and ears to give you guys a chance. Talk a little bit about how his role in the band's more recent success has played, you know, a huge part in it. Yeah. Um, that was one of the very first people to give anxious a chance in a lot of ways the first person i mean we put the demo out on it's about to be five years old um we wow. put it out in december 17th i think of of 2017 um in like the next day he posted a picture just a picture that was on our bandcamp page of us and like posted this like it was probably a paragraph and a half of like why he thought the demo was so important and my mind kind of like split in half like when you know being 16 like I was like oh my god this is so crazy yeah totally um but um yeah I mean that Pat Pat writing for us as hard as he did and does um really really opened a lot of doors for us obviously um you know I just think because he had taken the time to, you know, because he had taken the time to, to, you know, interact with it and, and, and understand it. 
it made a lot of people want to do so as well. Um, so, you know, the fact that he gave it, it's his seal of approval opened a lot of doors for us. And a lot of people were, I think, more willing and kind to us than they might have had. I don't know, but it was both, it both did that and also simply put us on the radar for a lot more people. Um, and it was, super, it was super cool. I mean, when we were putting this, our never better, the seven inch together, Pat was like a big piece of us, of us writing those songs. I mean, we, we went to a studio in or a practice space in in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, three times and met up with Pat and and Austin from, um, a million bands, praise mindset, Mm -hmm. mindset, et cetera. Um, and, and, um, we would just work on the songs and we would, you know, think about ideas and like how things would translate, maybe what ideas weren't better. So he had a, he had a, you know, you know, his, his thumbprint on the, or his fingerprint and, you know, in the, on the songs is, um, you know, definitely was important and mattered. Um, um, and it was really cool. It was like, a, it definitely felt like a full circle moment you know, when we put the LP together to have him be a part of it. Um, and it was, um, you know, it wasn't even something necessarily that we thought of at the jump. So we, we recorded the entire record was demoed in Johnny's basement. Um, the entire thing, top to bottom. And the recordings are actually like really good. Like I'm proud of the recordings that we put together. And we've talked about doing something with them, like releasing them, but I still, I think it would be, you know, ways out before we do anything with it but we sent all of them to to several people and pat included um and you know pat sent us back like a a laundry list of thoughts and things he had about it and he said um you know i would really i have this idea for a melody and let me i would love to sing it if that would be okay with you and then we said yeah and he you know two months later when we recorded in the studio he came in and, and laid it down and it felt like a really cool full circle moment to have him like be a part of like this like like i don't know the ultimate moment of our band at the time so that was cool no it's so sick he's so great on that track too yeah yeah he's 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 really good i really liked having him on that song yeah i'm I'm a huge have heart fan i never got to see them but you know we all pretty much grew up with listening to them and bands like them so you know it's he's kind of like a king of the craft you know at this point he's he's one of the legends dude absolutely you didn't you didn't were you not at sound of fury 2019 or anything Mm -hmm. I was at like Sound and Fury 2017, I think 18, but I missed 19 for whatever reason. Yeah, Dude, sucks. what a year to miss it. Yeah, I know. Was didn't they play like a side show too, or was it just the one? Um, so they, um, so have heart. You mean in California or just in general? In California, I think I thought there was like some other show, unless that was no, a different they, year. No, they did. They did the Sound and Fury pre-show. Okay, which they just played, and then they played Sound and Fury. Yeah. And those were the two shows they did on the West Coast. Yeah, it's probably the pre-show I was thinking about. I saw yeah. footage. It looked crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was yeah. super crazy. Yo, hold up for one second. Okay. I have to run the restroom super no quick. Worries. So You're good. just give me one second. Sounds good.
Yo, back. Sorry about that. Yo, how was it? It was great, man. It was great. I had a great stream. It was a good time. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Thanks so much again for being here, though. This is this is fun. Dude, I'm loving this. This is this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No, I appreciate you being here for real. Um, yeah, of course. So yeah, hell, hell yeah, we, yeah. Have heart. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. So let's see here. I'm gonna go on to this next one. Let's see. So I love the little art project you and Dante worked on to create the Never Better cover art. Um, you uh-huh. know, using the artificial uh, grass, the clay, the flowers. You know, it created a uh-huh. really interesting piece, and I love the color yeah. palette that you guys went with. Um, how long did that take for you guys to put together? You know, really not that long. Uh, really? Which, looking back on it, I it's thank you very much for saying that. But I feel like how it looks like reflects that. I mean, we we worked we worked <laughs> on it for one morning uh, in the spring. Uh, we we went and got uh, a bunch of flowers. Uh, we went and got the modeling clay at, at either like a Michaels or Walmart or something. Yep. And then we, um, picked up the grass also at like an art store. I mean, it's just like diorama grass or something. Um, and we laid it all out on my mom's kitchen table, um, and put it, put it all together. Um, and then, um, we just took a photo of it. Um, and we did, we did the back cover as well. Um, yeah, it um I was that was fun to do. I, I it was really fun to put it together. I think I wish we had thought a little bit harder about some of it just cuz I think at looking back at, on looking back at some of it, I think it doesn't look super great, but uh I do like it. So I think it's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was It fun. almost it was looks really like it looks like something out of like Robot Chicken or something dude yeah yeah it's anxious on robot chicken that's the that's the next that's the next step (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one step closer um yeah oh yeah was that hard to light like in the kitchen take um so taking the photo of it you mean yeah like just lighting it and making it look good yeah um so it was actually my mom's friend uh nina who is a great photographer um, and does a lot of professional photography work. Um, she just came and did it and she had like one light, I think. Um, and then she, she worked a lot. She had to do a lot in, in post to, so to work on it and make it, make it happen. Um, but, um, yeah, I I recall it like it wasn't super hard. No, that's dope. I have a friend yeah. that collects like Blu-rays for like horror movies and stuff. And he's always like framing it perfectly and he's got to light everything just, just right. But they, yeah, they always that. come out pretty good though. <laughs> like yeah, no. Yeah. It's a uh, light lighting is a, is a tough thing. And like, it was a, when, when we were working on the artwork for little green house, I mean, we weren't working on it, but we were, yeah. when we were working with um, the artist Kelly on it, there was like, we were getting so many different versions with like slightly different lighting and stuff. So it was like that time around where it was like, Oh wow. Lighting is super important. And speaking of little green house, that's your mom's house, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Or it's supposed to be metaphorically yeah. speaking. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. 
And that it's was that white now. It's been painted white now. Ah, uh, uh, no. After all that, yeah. So it's a little little white house now. It doesn't sound <laughs> as as cool. I bet you wouldn't uh, even have called maybe a little that. <laughs> no, no, little white house. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember. I I feel like I heard you talk about this, but uh, did you write the album in the house, and that's why you called it that? Was that? So, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Here's the thing. So when, when we had a phone call with run for cover about the, um, you know, cause when, when we were getting ready to announce the record, yeah. they wanted to do like a big write-up, like a big, uh, a big piece that could be sent to, to all sorts of publications, just like if they were, you know, needed some information and stuff. Um, uh, and, um, it's since like, if, if you look at it, like a lot of like, like websites and stuff, when they written about us, they all use like the same, this same script. And it, it was this one that we made with run for cover. Uh, the only detail that we gotten wrong was um, we demoed all of it at Johnny's house. Yeah. But when I was talking about the analogy of like, well, I wrote all the lyrics for the record at my mom's house. And that's why we wanted to call it that they seem to have gotten the two mixed up. And so a lot of places will say, or a lot of people will say like, Oh, we wrote the record at Grady's mom's house and we record, we like demoed it at Grady's mom's house. So no, um, almost all of it was written and like recorded at, um, at Johnny's dad's house, but all the lyrics for it were written at my mom's house. It's, hence yeah <laughs> should have called it grady's mom's house as like the album co- the title <laughs> grady's mom's house yeah yeah that would have a really nice ring to it too. that'd be sick <laughs> gmh yeah <laughs> um so you recorded the album up in farmington yeah um yeah we recorded it in farmington connecticut at uh silver bullet studios dope and you were you're only 19 at the time yeah that's insane yeah that's crazy. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. That's that a lot feels... to accomplish at that age, honestly. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. What was I? Nineteen. Yeah, I think you were. God. Yeah. Yeah. I was nineteen. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I mean, Don. That makes that makes Dante seventeen, which is wow. actually insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. We recorded it at Silver Bullet Studios in Farmington with um, Chris Teddy. Uh, from the world is a beautiful place. Um, Sick. Yeah, in summer, yeah, summer of 2020. I miss that band. They were great. I used to see them all the time. Dude, I, somehow I've I never saw them, which Not, is insane. I love that band so much, and yeah, it was sick. like when we first locked in, like we're gonna work with Chris. I was like, it was definitely a bit of like, whoa, that's that's crazy that we get to do it with Chris. Um, but yeah, I've somehow never gotten to see that band. Yeah, I've seen them like several times at this this old venue we had in Buffalo called Waiting Room, which is no longer a venue anymore. But it was always funny because it's a, it's a pretty small stage, you know, with like however many members that is, like ten members. Yeah, you know? it's, it was always sick to see that. Um, yeah, they're they're yeah, dope. yeah. They, I mean, they still tour semi consistently. Yeah. Like I know they toured this year, but um, yeah i don't know i I couldn't even tell you like the last time they would have played connecticut or something yeah do a lot of bands like play connecticut or is do a lot of them like pass connecticut 
I don't, I don't know how many shows go there. I mean, um, I would say it's a mix. I think like a lot of, a lot of shows happen in Connecticut. Like I would say yeah. Connecticut, I, I feel like, especially right now has a particularly vibrant scene. Yeah. Uh, so speaking hardcore wise specifically, but um, for sure. Yeah. I would say, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, if you're, if you're a bigger band, it might be an off day show or something like that. Or if, or if you're on a tour doing support or something, and then you want to go do your own headliner or something, you might go play a show in Connecticut or something. Um, but yeah, I think, I think plenty of touring bands pass, pass through Connecticut. Sweet. You know, yeah, off day, off day shows are fun. Oh yeah. They're the best. Yeah. Do you guys have a lot of like house shows up there? Um, I mean, first, some of the very first shows Anxious played were house shows. Nice. Um, but, dude, I couldn't tell you the last time I went to a house show, let alone a house show in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Mo, we have, we have a, a small string of, like, smaller venues that are perfect for, like, a smaller hardcore show or a bigger hardcore show or anything. Like, they're, they're like, there's kind of a venue for every type of show. Yeah. Um, at, yeah, at the moment. We used to have one called the funeral home. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, that only lasted cool, for like a, a, a little bit, but yeah, Eats had played there. Like code orange kids played there. It was pretty, oh, pretty hardcore cool. influenced for sure. Yeah, that's dope. Sick. I love yeah. that. <laughs> um, so having a seemingly infinite amount of time to prepare an album during the COVID craziness, you know, that must've been like kind of weird, but like it must've had like a positive impact and effect on the overall end product. Um, when you yeah. Say- yeah. I mean, you know, COVID was the, was horrible in yeah. so many ways for, for bands. I mean, it, yes, it was horrible in yeah. every way, but for speaking, speaking specifically to, to bands and stuff, I mean, it was, you know, it completely killed touring, which, um, sucks. you know, if you're a small, yeah. I mean, if you're a smaller band, I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of the only thing you can do. I mean, certainly the only thing you can do, I think to make money or anything, but even just like getting your band out there and, and making it more of a a recognized thing, like touring is the only thing you can do. So in that way it was really horrible, but I think one weird, unique advantage that COVID presented to a lot of bands was, was time, you know, and that was the same thing that we were given was just, we had, you know, this unending amount of time uh, to both write and record this record. And, you know, we were planning to record the record before we had, before COVID was even, you know, a thing that anyone knew about. And looking back on it, like, it's impossible, you know, had the conditions to which we thought we were going to record the record, it would have been impossible. We had like three weeks in between tours and we're like, yeah, we'll just like write it for one week and then we'll go record it for two weeks. And it was just like, totally would not have happened. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. So, um, well, that feel, way it was, yeah, it was totally an advantage. I feel like it just gave you guys more time to craft and hone the ideas between the members, you know, and try things that you wouldn't have been able to do on a tighter schedule. Yeah. I, I totally think so as well. I, yeah. I think so as well. Um, I mean, we were just able to spend so much time, you know, really, I mean, having multiple, multiple drafts of songs and thinking about, 
just ideas and transitions and everything. There was just so much time to think about every possible step of it. And I know you guys had like a huge melting pot of influences on the new record from Blink-182 mm -hmm. to the Beach Boys. Um, are there any mm -hmm. others that you could say inspired some of the me melodies or songwriting? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the Blink one we throw out a lot just because we talk, we talk a lot about the Untitled record just in yeah. that, that record seems like the band, you know, unashamedly being themselves in the band that they want to be you know there's there's nothing that feels like it's being played up for performance there's no yeah gag songs or anything it's just the, it's the band wholeheartedly portraying the band they want to be and that sort of confidence and idea as a band was really alluring and also like the songs i think are really fantastic and there's plenty of like stuff literally musically that we were pulling from that um, Dante was at that time was like, you know, just beginning to dive headfirst into like this total love affair with the Beach Boys. And so a lot of the harmonies and like how he wanted the vocals to interact with one another was totally um, deriving from that. And then I think beyond that, you know, it gets a little more eclectic. There's stuff that feels more like close to the like blueprint of the band you know i i was listening to a lot of sam i am and that was a band that like i was really trying to channel and i love far side and sense field and and just a lot of like 90s emo stuff but then i think it also gets like um a little bit more varied from that um, i mean there's stuff like bands of horse band of horses and and, and just a lot more varied stuff I think found its way into the mix as well. Sweet. Um, so yeah. preparing little greenhouse was a bit different than the previous releases within the band. And you guys definitely put in the work to have a collaborative effort that, you know, push the envelope. Did it ever feel like mm. there were too many chefs in the kitchen or do you all have a great team working, you know, skill effect that includes each other's ideas? Yeah. I mean, I think when writing the record, it didn't feel that way because I mean, the record was written um, from the winter of 2019 into spring of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just me, Dante and Johnny um, down in the basement of Johnny's house. Um, so at that time, like it, it, you know, it, you know, it felt pretty linear uh, idea wise. And then, um, as the record started getting put together, you know, preparation wise, you know, Sam and Ryan were both in the mix. Um, and that felt, you know, super cohesive. I just felt like everybody was bouncing ideas off each other and everyone was very receptive. Um, and it just, it felt very seamless as far as like putting stuff together. Um, and it was, you know, I would not, I didn't, I did not feel that there was like a time where it felt like there were clashes or anything as far as ideas. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and congrats on just making it to the LP in general. A lot of bands in that whole hard hardcore scene wheelhouse doesn't make it to the LP. And yeah, you know, a lot of those bands fizzle out and I feel like it's your whole like melodic approach to the music that's pushing the band into unknown territory, honestly. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I was really proud that we got there too. I think I would have, I think I'd be pretty bummed if like the, did you lose me for a second? <laughs> Just for like a second. You're good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I don't know what happened. No, um, you're good. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad we made it to the LP too. I think I, I think I would have been like pretty bummed out if like the only like thing that like anxious had like given to the world was like our, our, our prior stuff. I'm just, I'm glad that we, we, Branched I mean, anxious still, yeah, no, I like, you know, we have, we're still making music or writing new music, but like, I, you know, so like little greenhouse is like, uh, duh, not obviously not like the closing statement from the band, but like, I'm glad yeah. that we got to make it to the, to an LP and it wasn't just all a few demos and a seven inch. Dude, it's so good too. And I feel like a lot of people agree that this is like on everyone's list of like at least top 10 of the year for sure. And like, that's, yeah. that's so sick. Like I see so many people talking about you guys and even people that I, I told about you guys when you guys first dropped the record, they're finally coming around and listening to you. So I think it's sweet. Dude. Hey, thank, Hey, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really weird. I think I would have always prior to the, the LP coming out, I would have always said that anxious was a band that people liked, yeah. but like it had, there were people who in liked the band, but there was no one, there was, I didn't feel like we had created anything that like resonated with anybody slash like was just super worthwhile as a band to like be su su super invested in. And it's been really awesome to, to put the record out and just feel like it's really, I would say for the first time that I feel like, the band is hitting with a lot of people and a lot of people are excited about it and get it and understand it and, you know, just are connecting with it. And so it's, it's been really cool to, to put it out and, and to feel like people are having that connection. And there's a big deal of nature going on in the cover and in the videos themselves. Are you guys all massively into the outdoors or is that just one of you? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think we're all, you know, into the outdoors and, and like it. I mean, Johnny is probably the biggest out of all of us. I mean, that dude fishes religiously. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like always on like, wow, you know, we should really go camping. Like that would be really fun. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I've just always, I've always um, aesthetically and imagery wise, I've just always felt like my idea of anxious, like really plays in into that sort of imagery and aesthetic and um i've just i like i like the idea of you know a harder style of music that has obviously a softer tinge to it like i just really like the the idea of like nature playing and like those softer images playing against this sort of music and stuff no so, it, cl it clashes together really well yeah, no, I, re I really, I really like it. Um, in a perfect world, do you think we would ever see a track from Blink-182's Untitled covered by Anxious? Officially? I think that'd be sick. Dude, we were going to do Stockholm Syndrome for Sound of Fear 8. We really wanted to do it. No way. Uh, we weren't time. able to pull it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've got seven days to pull it off. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I would love to. It, I was so stoked. Um, 
right before we went on tour with knuckle puck they they released their cover of here's your letter oh. um for it and it was awesome and like when it was funny because when we first when we we so we did five days with knuckle puck right before um the world fell apart and it was literally yeah like literally days after we got home from the tour like it was everything was shut down but for that tour we're like you know like it'd be really cool if we like covered here's your letter like we should like we should cover that and for a serious moment we were considering that but then didn't pull it together and then when we were talking about sound and fury like months ago we're like you know like stockholm syndrome would be really really cool to cover absolutely Um, but yeah so i would say very high likelihood that at some point that a cover uh happens but as of right now there's no hard hard plan to pull it out i'm not sure if you're a fan of no pressure at all but they definitely have some untitled vibes in their new record as well as you know dude ranch vibes but it's it's yeah yeah i mean they i have not seen them live um yeah. But uh I mean they I mean a certain amount of their set is they like do like two blink one eighty two covers, <laughs> yeah. don't they? They like do they yeah. do like damn it into like a carousel or something. Yeah, yeah. They did carousel, they did I think they did Wendy Clear at one point. Um, that's cool. That's cool yeah. that they're pulling out like the those like yeah. kind of deeper blink cuts. Dude, and they pull it off so well. Their covers are legendary. They did the one Fallout Boy song, Tell That Mick, dude, and that was one of the best covers I've probably wow. ever seen. Yeah, it was so sick. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, um, yeah, we. It's been a minute since we've done a cover. We used to. I mean, we did "Blowing It" by Dinosaur Junior for a long time, and wow. then at one show we covered "Band from the Back Porch" by Saves the Day, and then sweet. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've done a cover. I think I think they're cool to pull out periodically. Um, but yeah, it's been a long time since we've had like a cover in like circulation or something. Well, I'm I'd like out, to though. Holding out hope for Stockholm syndrome, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it looks like you guys had a great job, a great time shooting the music video for growing up song. Did you all do your own mm-hmm. makeup for that? No, no. Uh, our two friends, Megan and Sabina did all the makeup for it. Uh, it looked great. Um, and was yeah. that was that Dante's little brother at the end? I saw somebody mention that in the comments. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I think Gianni's like in the comments. His younger brother's name is Gianni. Like, ha, great music video, and I'm not my <laughs> brother or anything. Uh, and then That's I think funny. Dante's like mom commented on it or something too. That's awesome. I think I saw that too. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's cool. Like all the family members seem to be super in tune with the band now. You know, that's that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, they're they're super supportive. It's awesome. Yeah, and I saw the was it the drummer that had the dad thanked in the 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 uh, album like in the insert? Oh yeah, yeah. I think because we do all the thank yous and then we thank three people at the yeah. very end, like a special thank you. The last one is is Johnny's dad. I oh, think. Cool. What, yeah. what what part has he played? Just um, like... a, a huge part in the band. I mean, so um. I mean, we pretty much every, everything that Anxious writes, we write at um, his house, Johnny's dad's house, Paul's house. Um, and we demo it all there. And Paul normally records and mixes all of it. Um, and he's also, I mean, he's this huge audiophile, like gearhead. I mean, every piece of equipment that Anxious uses and like tours with is Johnny's dad's. It's, it's Paul's. Awesome. So, so, I mean, he... 
pretty much everything that we get to do and get to use like gear wise and the fact that like we can like really practice and like work through song ideas and like have ideas and stuff like that it's all facilitated by him and i mean we spent yeah we spent i mean we spent about a month and a half like probably five weeks demoing the entire record and he i mean he was the one demoing it and recording it and and thinking about ideas with us so um he's been a a huge a huge part of it that's incredible yeah um so the video for in april is probably one of your best overall and it's it's very engaging and brings the viewer on the adventure that you guys are going on yeah do you you guys typically ride bikes together like that (laughs) dude no i i wish i had a bike right now and i don't even have a bike right now um it's funny i mean we do all sorts of stuff together but i gotta say that video is the first time we've done like a goonies type adventure yeah it looks like Uh, a fun little friend group going on (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was cool. Um, so yeah, we, we do, we do a lot of, uh, fun stuff together, uh, yeah. but, uh, right. Riding bikes isn't, uh, isn't one that we normally. That's amazing. Do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That music video was a lot of fun though. It was great. It's, it's crazy, but my roommate Sterling thinks I look like you. And at one point he sent me a screenshot of you on the bike and was like, this is you. <laughs> Dude. I think I, mean, I had similar funny. hair maybe or something. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, there's um at the Lodge Room show we play with Boston Manor, there are several points where you're on stage about to dive and I'm somewhere and looking at the photos, I'm like, I don't remember wearing like that shirt <laughs> or something. I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's crazy. You know, I'm over there. Yeah. yeah. Dude. <laughs> I see it. I, I, get, I get it. I get it. That's funny, dude. That's awesome. That was a great show, yeah. by the way. Like, honestly, I think I, you, you played there twice, right? I feel like you did. I think, no, it was, uh, One Step Closer was played there okay. uh, before, um, but it was Anxious' first time there. Okay, well, I saw you, I've seen you guys a few times, and I just know that the second time I saw you, there was just way crazier energy than the first time. Yeah, no, so, um, I mean, that was cool. So we, we went out with Knuckle Puck, and I think that was, like, introducing us to a lot of people, and then when we went out with Boston Manor, a lot of people who had seen us with Knuckle Puck came back. Yeah. And, um, that there was like a lot of cool energy there. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. I hate, I hate to admit this, but the first chance I had to see you, I kind of blew. Um, so mm-hmm. I went, I went to that show at Genghis Cohen, that Japanese restaurant, Chinese restaurant. Oh yeah. Yeah. With uh Koyo. And I didn't know you guys yet. Like I heard of you, but I just didn't know you guys. And I ha- I think I had to be somewhere in the morning. So I freaking dipped after Koyo and literally like, oh, I think, I think like right after that, I started getting into, into you guys. I'm like, damn, why did I miss that? <laughs> Dude, that was, that was, that was a great show. Honestly, that, I know. that in orange, in orange County, a program were like the two mm, were like two of the best shows on that tour. So yeah. Bummer. Gotta say, <laughs> yeah. yeah I blew that, one. that wasn't one to miss. Yeah. 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 Dude. Program's sweet too. That's, that's a great mm-hmm. little, little yeah, I love there. program. Uh, it's kind yeah. of a weird, we, we, it's a, it's a different ahead. energy for sure. Yeah, we put we played a secret set there on the Boston Manor tour, and that was pretty crazy. That was a lot of fun. Did you really? I don't even know about that. Yeah, yeah, we um, our uh, a band that we play in called Last Straw. We had a show booked at Program, and then um, someone was like, "Yeah, we should do a couple uh, anxious songs." So we played a couple anxious songs. It was cool, dude. The Last Straw demo is so sick. Oh, thank you. Are thank we going to hear me- more music from you guys with that? Like, I, uh, love, I love that. Dude, dude, we have a new record written and it's really, really great. But between 
all of us being super busy with anxious and one step closer, like, yeah, it's just been impossible to find time to record it. We're playing one show in a month okay. in Connecticut. And nope. then I would love to, I would love to get it recorded, but it's just yeah. a question of when. Yeah. No, I'd love to see yeah. you guys too. That'd be cool if you could do like some small tour or something. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we did it. We played that one show out in California and we were really, really bad. We like played really, really <laughs> badly. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I, I would love that. I would, I, I wish that band could be like a little bit more serious and play more often, but yeah. it's just super, super hard to find that time. You got to focus on what's, what's, doing the most though at the moment honestly you guys yeah. are killing it with anxious so whenever you get the time yeah. you'll, you'll make that time for it you know no absolutely i'm not yeah. trusting that too hard yeah no um yeah. and of, of course the most simple yet brilliant of the vids would have to be the call from you video you know where the band constructs a puzzle in the time lapse how long did that Drive actually down. how long did that take to almost complete oh, dude i know you guys just a, like a whole, push it over <laughs> A whole afternoon. I mean, we we rolled up and like started filming at one. Yeah. And then around eight, we were finishing it up, and then like <laughs> just ran out of time. So we were like, "Oh, we'll just flip the table. That'll be cool." So yeah. Wow, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, we've gotten like people being like, "Oh, you know, that's like a really cool choice that like you guys chose to do that." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah. It was all like a creative decision, and not at all that we literally could not." have we didn't have enough time to finish the puzzle so yeah. how many pieces was that dude i don't know like a high, higher number <laughs> i don't know is 500 a lot i don't know we, yeah. none of us are big puzzle people so yeah i mean they're yeah it's very tedious but I, I feel like if you have a group like that you definitely can knock it out in like a day or two you know yeah yeah so we had five, 500 pieces i tried to find a puzzle that was less <laughs> pieces but it was it was pretty hard so nah, it still yeah. worked though the video is still pretty sweet i love the time lapse yeah i yeah i think it works it's fine um but yeah as as much of a bummer as it was for you guys to wait for the record to come out and for fans to hear it i guess the silver silver lining here uh, is like potentially a new record on the way like coming sooner than you know it normally would have <laughs> yeah um, possible i mean yeah i mean i can say that um we go into the studio next week to record uh, some new music. It's not an album, but uh, yeah. we're going to record some new songs. And then, I mean, I would hope that we can start recording um, new music. I mean, like an album, yeah. you know, this winter or something. Does the new stuff rip? Yeah, it's great. I, I think can't it's pretty wait. good. Hell I yeah. Gotta, I got to say, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> um. So, in what ways would you say would you say that you've grown as a frontman? Dude, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And I would say, uh, hold on one second. My dog wants to go outside. Okay, no worries. Um, nice place, by the way. Like the art. Yeah, this is this is my mom's house. Um, Hell yeah, little yeah. white house. Uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, the little white house. Um, <laughs> I would say that I have grown a lot. Um, I especially doing the last couple tours. Um, I think I've just been watching the other front men in, in the bands and stuff and just kind of get, getting a better sense of myself and like, you know, I don't know. It, it's kind of, it's, it's not as easy as like just being the person holding a, a microphone or, or something. I think it's, um, 
uh, I think it does require a lot of thought and energy. And I think it, I would say that I've only, only now I'm feeling like pretty comfortable, uh, as like a front man. Um, I would say like before the pandemic and stuff, it was like kind of all over the place. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think doing, doing the past couple tours that we've done, just like having to be on the road all the time and having to like perform every night, like has, has definitely helped with that. And I think it was a wise decision to like put the guitar down, honestly, because you have a really powerful performance, you know, when you're standing up there with the mic, like, I think it, it works better for you, honestly. Yeah. Thank you. I, I didn't, I did not like playing with the guitar. I, I agree. I think it works a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even for bands like such gold, which I love such gold, but like once he mm. picked up the guitar, it almost like changed it for me. Like, I, I don't know. No, I, I think play, like, I think it does work for some bands, but I think having an instrument and like not being able to interact as much and it just the energy just changes. Like That's it just saying. does. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I get why some people want to do it and, and stuff like that, but I do think like sometimes like it just does kind of like kill the natural energy that like, yeah, for the a band show. like just has. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, you shredded on guitar in one step closer for a bit until anxious popped yeah. off full time. Um, and you know, that band, like you said, features anxious guitarist Ryan on vocals. Was there mm-hmm. ever talk about balancing your work between the bands or did it just seem natural to start focusing on anxious full time? Yeah. So, um, we, we had always found a way to make it work kind of through fall of 2019. Um, and it was at that point, it was still pretty easy to pull off. Um, but then after, you know, I left the band in November and it was just, I wasn't able to be around for one step closer as much as they wanted me to be around. Yeah. And so, um, there was like a conversation, like there, there was like a hard conversation, not a hard, like it was difficult to have, but there was like a conversation where it was just like, Hey, this just isn't working anymore. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we were able, we were able to navigate it. Um, and it, it, you know, it was fine. Um, it was just like, we were looking ahead of the schedule and just like, this just, it, this just isn't going to work anymore. Yeah. Well, at least you yeah. got to, at least you were able to dodge your senior prom and go play with them in Oklahoma dude yeah absolutely i mean uh it's pretty sick dude yeah that's yeah i um yeah my my parents were like yeah you sure you really really don't want to go to senior prom you'd rather like play a hardcore show in (laughs) Tulsa Oklahoma and I was like yeah yeah that's what I want to do so that's dope dude yeah I I skipped mine too I wasn't into it I was like nah. oh really I think I went to a show (laughs) dude that's cool um so where, where do you think you'd be had you not found your place in the hardcore scene? Dude, I don't know. Um, I think, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I do have my own, like I, I have goals and aspirations um, that are really important to me outside of, you know, being an anxious and being a band all the time. I, mm-hmm. you know, up until this fall, I've been a student full time. Uh, I only have about three semesters left before I finish undergrad. So I really, really care about finishing school, um, you know, whenever that may be. And then, um, you know, I don't know. I think if slash when, you know, anxious reaches a point that, um, 
you know, um, where it's no longer continuing. I, you know, I, I, you know, I care about a finishing undergrad and then I think I'd really like to go to law school. So that's I very think cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It'd be cool to balance yeah. the two. <laughs> It'd be really hard to balance the two is what I think it would be, but it would be cool. It's like you're in court and somebody comes up to the stand. Hey, I love your band, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would, that would be cool. That'd be brutal. <laughs> um, so do, do shows in Connecticut go off? Are they pretty crazy? Like yeah. Hardcore yeah. Scene? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's like any other place where there, you know, there are smaller shows, but then there's bigger shows too. I think right now Connecticut has a whole lot of energy around it as far as the people who make up, the scene and I think it's 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 kind of dominated by younger people right now which is really cool um not necessarily like kids like true but like younger people you know kids in their late teens and 20s um and then it's kind of bolstered by um a really strong group of older heads that are uh, you know are clearly very invested in in um creating something that like can be taken on by like the next, the next group of kids. Um, so yeah, I think there's a really strong like local scene. And I think it's in the past, you know, couple of years has become a place that like touring bands really want to come through. So I think like, you know, like Connecticut has gotten like awesome shows, you know, the past year um, and like has continued. So, and the, and the shows have been great. So um, yeah, I would say Connecticut shows definitely, definitely do go off. It's a place worth playing and oh, yeah. your band wants to play Connecticut. You should definitely, <laughs> definitely should. Cause it'll be cool. That's sick. Um, yeah, you started a monthly newsletter for the hardcore kids called dying tradition years ago. Is that still rolling out? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh, no, no, it's not. Um, no. I did the la- <laughs> I did my last issue. I did my last issue in January. Um, after not doing an issue for like six months, but yeah. I did it monthly. I did it monthly for um, so a little year. over a year. Yeah, uh, a ye- no, I did it. I did it. I did it monthly for about a year. Okay, and a couple months. Um, but I mean, it got. I mean, it got pretty hard. By the time it was wrapping up, it had a little over three hundred people on the subscriber list. and was I mean I did it for free every single time and it was just getting really really expensive so yeah I um yeah I it's I I don't think I don't think that I would ever like not do a zine again I really like doing a zine but doing it in that sort of fashion like I don't like I don't think dying dying tradition will come come back in any capacity yeah, that's all right though. It's still cool. I wish I yeah. could uh, I could read some of those. I mean, are they online? They're they're all on my I the dying tradition Instagram has pictures of them all, okay. but I don't think they're uploaded online anywhere. I I have I have a couple back issues though. If you just send me your address, I can mail you. Oh, a bunch. that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, I got a couple final ones, and then I have a speed round at the end, which is a bunch of silly bullshit. Um. Okay, sick. Uh, here we go. So. Okay. Have you ever been absolutely annihilated in a mosh pit? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really weird. So anxious and coyo full us. No um, way. 
Yeah, I know. That's all I need to say. And you're already like, this is the stupidest story ever. In November, right? November, November, yeah, November of 2021, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, whenever we did that a year ago, um, we played Arizona, played Mesa, Arizona, and um, at the Nile. And the Nile has a small room downstairs and it has a huge room upstairs that's like, maybe just under a thousand cap. Like we, it's where we played with knuckle puck, Safe. but for some reason, the small room got double booked on that tour and we got put in the like 900 cap room upstairs playing Ooh. on the floor. It was so cursed. It was crazy. Maybe oh 40 kids came. Okay. Maybe. But anyways, I'm watching Koyo and I'm watching Koyo play at the, just kind of on the side, like the side of the pit, but it wasn't, it wasn't even really going off. And then I forget what song it was, but um, Joey was like, all right, I want to see you. I want to see you kids like go off. I want to see you guys, uh, you know, he just told me to mosh And this one dude, like does like a crazy, like windmill move and gets me right in my eye. No, and he, knock, he knocks me flat on my ass. No way. My nose explodes, like literally just like, blood flowing out of it oh. i'm like out for a second then i run to the bathroom my my nose is bleeding like crazy and just almost immediately i just have this really crazy black eye um wow. so that that was the only time that i've been like truly like and i mean it like true like i wasn't hurt in yeah. any serious way like nothing happened to my nose or anything but it was like really to koyo to Koyo, yeah. I got seriously injured. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a story for you. Yeah. That would have checked out more for like terror or something. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I know. Right. Super, that seems super wild. crazy. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of those people that like literally like make it their mission. Just like, bah, 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 just like punch people. I don't, I don't like that, but the, I understand the, the whole windmill. The, yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, he apologized. That's good for the show clearly felt pretty bad so i wonder if he even knew that okay. was you at first from the other band he didn't uh, he didn't until af- after because he, he he apologized in the moment and then after after the show was like dude i'm so sorry i didn't really yeah. it, it was like totally cool like it was a total accident it was fun. yeah for sure yeah yeah at least it wasn't intentional you know <laughs> yeah of course yeah no have you ever uh hate moshing <laughs> have you ever gotten injured or hurt while performing no no um i i mean uh i mean this i sometimes like brought the mic too close to my face like too hard to my face too fast and i've like cut my lip or anything but yeah yeah i'm too crazy (laughs) no i was like asking that because sometimes people are like yeah i fell off the stage busted my ass you know no no i've never i've never had that happen that's sick never had that happen yeah and what are the plans for this fall and winter for anxious? If you're allowed to spill anything, like, is there anything yeah. planned there? Um, yes. Um, okay. So, um, so we'll go and do sound and fury okay. in, um, this summer. And then we are going to play one show in September that I can't announce yet. And then we're going to go on tour with Oso Oso. Okay, and cool. mags um in october and november that's a full u.s tour nice um so 
will be all over, you know, uh, all over the United States. We play the Lodge Room in LA. Cool. Um, and then uh, we'll be back to California in December. Uh, but I can't say more, more than that. Hell but yeah. that, that kind of wraps up the year. So, so I get it's, to see it's you guys like four more times this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it's it'll still be pre- like it's a lot more lax than like the first half of the year. Like, yeah, it's not like come August, like we're just tour after tour after tour. But yeah, we have one more full US with Oso Oso and Mags and then still playing a ton of shows. Oh, that's in the downtime. It's yeah. good, to, good to take breaks, though. You guys definitely definitely need it. You guys go super hard. Dude, so. we definitely need, need a break. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys just driving yeah. a, a van still? yeah yeah we have a van and a trailer that's how we rock i mean that's it's still the og classic way to go yeah yeah it's i mean for us it's the it's the only way we can yeah. go. i mean it's it's yeah that's sick um so mm-hmm. here's here's my speed round i ask a lot of bullshit all right and it's it's fun okay i'm stoked underrated old school hardcore band Underrated old school hardcore band. Uh, I'll do a Connecticut one. Um, Cornerstone from Connecticut. Sick. Underrated hardcore band today that's a little newer. Um, uh, Wreckage, also from Connecticut. Favorite food? Oh, uh, pineapple fried rice. Right. Not even close. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. sick. Um, yeah. Guilty pleasure band or artist? Uh, um, that's tough. That's a, mm, I don't know. To some people, they totally cringe at Blink-182, which is crazy to me, but some, some, I mean, some people, maybe that's, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. There's nothing, there's nothing, honestly, that I'm really embarrassed of. Yeah. To say that I'm like listening to. People that hate on Blink have just poor taste. No, no, you're, you're an actual stupid person. Yeah. You don't like (laughs) that band. So, yeah. And they've changed their yeah. sound a bunch, you know, like they've, they've come, like you said, from the silliness to like branching out and not doing what the, uh, the people told them to do. So that's, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. No, if you don't, if you don't like that band, you're just not familiar with it all. So. <laughs> Get with the times. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, last item you threw at someone. Threw at someone. Yeah. This is a fun Gosh, one. I'm not, I'm not, um, <laughs> maybe a water bottle or something i honestly can't i'm maybe a um it's probably something in the anxious van and it's probably a water bottle hell yeah uh but uh best vocal remedy before a show oh um uh, you know i i i do a i try to do about a 20 minute warm-up before each show and that helps a lot um i'm pretty good at this point like not like i it's been a long time since i've like blown my voice out or something but tea yeah. It's pretty good, honey, and like warm up before every show. Dope. Uh, what's your favorite character from Peanuts? Favorite character from Peanuts? Linus. <laughs> Something stupid you got in trouble for in school? Um, my school junior year. Um, got really nice lights put on the football field and i said that was a waste of money on the school on the school news <laughs> network and everyone was so pissed at me they were they were so bummed at me that's so awesome. every, everyone in school hated me because i said that 
It was really kid, stupid. Even the other kids? They didn't think that was funny? Yeah, oh, yeah. The kids were so bummed. Because it, it was such a sports-centric school. Oh, I see. so bummed. Yeah. That's yeah. hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Um, must stop roadside attraction or food spot while you're out on the road. What is something you have to... Dude, um... It could be something random, too. Like, something you just... No, I know. Um... Dude, I, I'm totally blanking. We like, I feel like we do normally a pretty good job of seeing stuff. I mean, I love driving anywhere through the Midwest, like lower Midwest, just because the scenery is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, the arches are pretty great. Yeah. Um, dude, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, any, anything in the Midwest, I love seeing. Do you guys I've ever... gotten to see the world's biggest pistachio. I would like to go see the world's <laughs> biggest pistachio. Isn't that like Rhode Island or something? Where's that? No, it's like somewhere in the Midwest. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, do you, you guys ever hit Bucky's when you're out in Texas? Yeah. And we all totally don't get why it's a thing that anyone cares about. It's a really it's a gas station. That's a grocery store. And we so... don't, we don't understand why it's a big deal, but people love it. I just feel like if you're in the middle of nowhere, it's like the perfect place to grab snacks because there's so many options. That's, That's not- true. Like, yeah. yeah, like it's 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 awesome in that way, but it totally has like a cult following. We're all kind of <laughs> like, okay, it's yeah. a grocery store. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your uh, most embarrassing moment? Dude, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I feel like every every year I I find some way to top it um <laughs> so one up in myself yeah i know um <laughs> dude i don't know that's, that's um, all good if you don't have one that's fine yeah <laughs> yeah i just i say i say stupid stuff to people on the regular and embarrass myself so oh <laughs> yeah dude likewise changes pretty consistently <laughs> uh what's an interesting hobby you have that some people not might not know about interesting hobby that's a good question um Hmm. Um, uh, I did, uh, I really, really loved, um, a lot of theater stuff in high school and did a lot of that, um, and nice. had a blast doing it. So yeah. And I, and I, and I, I don't, unfortunately don't get to do too much anymore, but in high in or at any, um, but, uh, in high school, I really loved doing that. Dope. And that was like acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, acting cool. um plays and musicals all that good stuff sweet uh coolest mm-hmm. venue you've played at dude i don't know we're super lucky that we get to play a ton of cool venues um sorry <laughs> sorry about that um uh cool coolest coolest venue um Lodge room is pretty cool. Um, I a lot of people hate the Belasco in LA, but I think that's pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. um, Genghis Cohen was honestly super sick too. Yeah. Um, it was super cool to get to play Irving Plaza in New York yeah. City on the Knuckle Puck tour. It's definitely like it's not uh, uh, like the like the coolest like it's so beautifully designed or anything like that it's just kind of like 
legendary. It's, it was just really cool <laughs> to get to play there. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Rob, Robert grade was able to play on like a bridge yesterday. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super cool. Yeah. I saw Where, that too. Was that in like Ohio or something? Where was that? I think so. I have no idea. Honestly. Cra- crazy. All right. A couple yeah. more best hardcore vocalist slash frontman. right now currently just ever if you have like a favorite i think i mean i think ray capo is pretty undeniable he's yeah. pretty he's pretty incredible um god i think all the time i think ray capo is pretty hard to beat for sure uh favorite video game even if it's from growing up super mario 3 is Blast! That game's that game's just awesome. Mine would have to be Mario Party. I'm a huge Mario Party. Okay, fan. okay. <laughs> also a good pick. Uh, grape jelly or strawberry jelly? None. I don't like jelly. <laughs> uh, scariest movie you ever watched? Dude, I think I think it's a tie. I think Hereditary is the scariest movie of like the past twenty years, <laughs> and I think Exorcist is still like horrifying iconic dude that that part well, I, what, what would be i know i know that's your whole world what would be your answer damn well i always tell people like obviously a lot of the stephen king stuff like is really freaky but for whatever reason the movies pet cemetery and carrie are like the only that the only ones that like severely bother me when i watch it watch them I, I don't know what the reason is but i watch them and i'm like i can't go to sleep now <laughs> but her, hereditary too <laughs> though honestly just died but Oh, okay, no worries. Um, but yeah, Hereditary too, for sure. Like that one part where uh, Hereditary. Well, I'm sorry. Say what? I think I think it was like where the where the mom, like the the grandma, is like in the corner when she flicks the switch off. That shit. Really yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. What 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 about Carrie is freaky to you? I'm not. I'm not denying. It. I'm just curious. What what is unsettling? probably the whole like religious aspect and like how crazy the mom was. Um, it's definitely Piper Laurie's performance mm. for sure. And just, I don't, I don't know, just like the whole, their whole vibe in that like house with the candles everywhere and just like this, that religious aspect, but then mm. there's this whole like demonic, like feel to the movie. It just, it just freaks me out. And I just, I find That's that cool. like, like more like demon, demon kind of stuff. And I guess like really paranormal stuff that you think in the back of your head could happen. Like that freaks me out the most for whatever reason. Like I can do slashers all day long, but something that, that I think could happen that yeah. definitely gets to me. And then, um, yeah, what's your, that's what's your, cool. what's your favorite animal? Favorite animal. Yeah. Um, tortoises probably. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, no, the- I just, I think like, like, like Galapagos Island tortoises are crazy. Cause it can be like, yeah. here's a photo of this tortoise in 1865 with a British colonialist. And here it is today. I know. And it's, and it, yeah. With like a six year old, it's just crazy. Dude, this one camp that I went to growing up, uh, park camp, there was this huge tortoise that was like in the pond and it would always just kind of swim over to like the, like the bridge where we would fish off of. And it was, it was honestly freaky because it's one That's of those cool. huge, like, snapping turtles, I think. So, like, they're honestly pretty oh, aggressive. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty gnarly. But they get super old. It's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right. And then yeah. 
last last two some connecticut bands that people should check out um older bands um fast break cornerstone tenfold follow through dismantle dismay um wide awake feels like an obvious one to me but i think a lot of people don't check that band out um newer uh wreckage almighty watching um uh zipper um illcom sick there's a bunch of great bands i'm gonna put these on a playlist and check them out um what are you most cool what what are you most proud of in the world yeah just everything you've done like what are you most proud of Um, I'm, I'm super proud of anxious. How could I not be? Um, so I really love super, super proud of anxious. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of, um, relationships I've maintained with my, with my family, um, with my girlfriend and her family, as well as my friends. Um, yeah, proud of my band. I'm proud of my band. I'm proud of the relationships I've cultivated out of the past five years. I would say. Great answer, um, dude. This was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. And I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing new music, checking out your sets later this month, and definitely everything that's coming up in the fall and winter it should be sick. Awesome, dude. I, I I think it'll be great. I appreciate you. Uh, coming out to stuff and i mean i mean i'll see you in like a week and a half not even it's gonna be crazy dude especially that that pre-show is gonna be awesome dude dude i'm i'm really stoked for it i think it'll be really cool yeah but thanks thanks for i haven't been to that i haven't been to that venue but i think it'll be dope which one was it again i can't resident it's pretty small like i don't even think it's 300 cap yeah that's probably why it's it's sold out super quick so yeah i kind of figured Mm -hmm. it's super intimate They, they even said it's like the most intimate show of the whole the whole thing so that's sick yeah that'd be dope well thanks for setting aside some time and doing this with me this is fucking awesome i haven't done an episode in a few weeks it's just been kind of hard getting guests but this is this is really cool dude thank you so much for having me i'm really stoked well hopefully you have a good rest of your day and we keep in touch and i'll see you in a week and a half okay sounds good thanks man